Welcome to Emma's podcast. In today's podcast, I have an author with us, and I started a conversation a week ago with this author, and we're going to know more about her in a few minutes. She was a sales associate specialist at Macy's, a sales manager coach still at Macy's, then moved to have her own business called Use Your Voice, and she's a transformational coach. And we are, and we want to know more about Ronnie Raish. So hi, Ronnie. How are you doing today? I'm great, Emma. Thank you so much for having me here on your show. I greatly appreciate it. Okay. So that's a very interesting path you had because you were at Macy's and you went from Macy's to a transformational coach. So what happened at Macy's for you to make that transition because not everybody who else has a sales work as a sales associate becomes a coach. Well, actually I was in management for over a decade. Well, I was mm-hmm. there. I left it. It was um, a corporate role and I was there for many years. So it wasn't just going from one thing to the next. It was over a quarter of a century that I was with the company. And the last 10 Plus years, I was in management leading multi-million dollar departments. But what happened during that time is I never took care of that girl looking back at me. And in the mirror, you, you don't really see the real you. You look at yourself and you see the physical, but there was a deeper, deeper seated thing going on. And it was in 2013 that I actually got so ill, I ended up in the emergency room twice. And I had no voice and was told I can no longer be with the public. So all that running around, taking care of everybody else and all the multi-million dollar departments and the corporate initiatives that I was put in in charge of, never taking care of that girl looking back at me was my downfall and almost demise. Because in taking care of everybody else, never putting yourself first, which isn't selfish, it's selfless you cannot take care of or lead anybody until you first lead yourself and I made a big mistake in not doing that and And I think I think a lot of people we all do it at some point and I think it's I don't know if it's more female related than females put everybody else's first uh, and their needs first and we're always last and when we reach the list of taking care of me then we don't have the time the energy nothing to do it so we don't exactly and that's a problem yeah it was a big problem because you know I was people pleasing fear of judgment the limiting beliefs all these things we hear about I had that and didn't even realize it because I wanted so much to make sure that everybody was taken care of but when you don't take care of yourself how can you take care of anybody else and I don't mean physically I was you know always making sure I was working out, eating healthy. I was doing that, but I didn't really stop. I never stopped to enjoy life. I never stopped to really smell the roses. I never stopped to breathe. I lost my breath of life. And when you are told that you can no longer be with the public and we don't have a cure for you, 
they had nothing to help me with. I actually didn't want to live anymore. I had sores all over my vocal cord. And they drew about 20 vials of blood for me in about three and a half months and said they couldn't, they couldn't help me. They couldn't find a cure. It was a virus that attacked my vocal cords. And as we know, at the time of this interview with COVID, a virus is something that you don't just say, here's a magic pill and you know, call me in 10 days, let's see how you do. A viral infection doesn't have an antibiotic. So they kept trying to peel back the layers of the onion in doing the blood work to find out what can we do for her. And they couldn't do anything. It was in losing my voice and being pulled away from the public. It was truly the beginning of finding myself and coming back home to me. So I got you going because when you receive a news like that, it's pretty much devastating. And a lot of people would have I gave it up and said, okay, I'm done. So what got you going? Because you need determination. You need the strength within you and just not accepting what they're telling you. That's thing. That's the most powerful things ever. It's like, no, it's not happening. It's not me. Next, I want something else. 100% right, Emma. And it wasn't, it really wasn't. I, I fell into a deep depression, to your point, of mm -hmm. like, what do you do? It wasn't just pick yourself up, brush yourself off and go on. I really, excuse me, I'm going to grab my water as we're talking about taking care of yourself. Um, it, it was really important um, to just be. And I really didn't know how. I have a best friend who's watching over me from heaven, who you and I have spoken about off camera. And if it wasn't for the grace of God putting her in my life, I don't think I'd be here talking with you or the audience today. Well, that's good to have a support system as well. But you have to believe in yourself, too, and not well, accepting what you've been told as well. That's true. And I'm going to tell you, I didn't really believe in myself. And that was something she tried desperately to help me with. Because you don't see yourself as others see you. Mm -hmm. And when someone that's so important to you doesn't give up on you, you start to not give up on yourself because she was there for me. And pre-COVID, as I said, we're talking 2013 when this illness took place. And she would come to my house with a mask on because again, it was pre-COVID. Nobody knew in 2013 what was to come all those years later. In 2020 is when it started. And she would deliver food that she made for me that she felt I, I could eat and go to the store and bring Gatorade and and applesauce things she thought maybe I could swallow because she knew I wasn't, I wasn't feeding myself. I wasn't taking, as I couldn't, I couldn't swallow my own saliva. I really was in, in a very bad way. Uh, you don't look forward to eating when you can't swallow, you know, your, your own stuff. It's really yep. difficult. And uh, it wasn't something I looked forward to eating, drinking. It was just, the sores were extremely painful. I tried to get down whatever I could as far as protein or whatever I could try to muster down because uh, it was just not something I, I wanted to do. I didn't want to live anymore. I didn't want to be here anymore, be in this physical world because it was a, a too painful. And how did I get through it was when someone believes in you so much, even when you don't believe in yourself and when you have the grace of God in your life, and I don't know what people believe in out there and it's really... I just know there's, there's a much stronger power greater than me 
And when I didn't want to live and I really didn't want to be here and I kept showing up every time I will, I wake up, I'm like, why am I still here? And I didn't know what was to come. And it's not dwelling on what was. I don't want to keep people in that. That was a, a low vibration, a low uh, part in my life. But it was to tell you, everybody out there that's listening, that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I ended up writing a four times number one best-selling book called Finding Your Voice, Unlock Your Chains, and Unleash Your Greatness. And whatever you think of what's going on right now in your life, no matter how bad things are, and you don't want to say, well, there's a reason it's happening. Well, nobody wants to, like, how would I know there's a reason? I kept thinking I was being punished. Like, what could I have done so horrible to be in such devastating pain that I felt like it was steak knives or razor blades that were in my throat? Mm-hmm. That's how bad, that's how much it hurt to the point of, as I said, not wanting to even be here anymore. I couldn't see my family. I was not allowed to be with the public. I always felt like, you know, people were to me like waters to a plant it was like they feed my soul and I was pulled away from that. And I'm not going to say it happened to me, but it happened for me because as I was taken out of life was a chance for me to resuscitate myself, to step back into life and to serve others in a greater way with a stronger, more confident voice than I ever had before. You know, when you go through transformation, uh, there's something people need to realize. It's not roses and bonbon and caviar. It's never like that. When you go through transformation, it's pretty much painful. It's like the butterfly in a cocoon. In order to do that, you have to break that chrysalis. And I'm sorry, if you're looking at uh, um, the chrysalis, it's pretty a hard shell to break. And the the butterfly has to find a way to break it. It cannot be helped because if you try to pull a thread, you will kill the butterfly. The butterfly has to do it on its own. And the experience we go through, even I love the the fact that you said, why me? Why am I, what did I do so wrong that I'm being punished? It has nothing to being punished. It's for you to be like the butterfly, to, to break that chrysalis, to become the phoenix rising from your own ashes you had to go through this in order to become and became who you are today but those are not easy roads oh no and it's really interesting you say the butterfly and oh my gosh emma very uh very apropos i love monarch butterflies Mm -hmm. and that is you know hummingbirds butterflies and um it's really very it's part of what I do, quite frankly. I have something, it's the butterfly effect. I created a voice blueprint that's based on the butterfly effect for the exact reason that you say. And I take my clients through that process of finding their voice, going from vulnerability, it's an acronym voice, it's a voice blueprint. We all have a blueprint in life. I created the voice blueprint from vulnerability to empowerment and the journey of finding their voice. And it is the butterfly effect because we come out in this world crawling as this infant trying to figure things out. We crawl, we try to pull ourselves up, whether it's on a chair or even drapes, we're pulling ourselves up or, or a person that we're you know, trying to hold on to, to to stand up and we fall and we fall again. And then we go into this hard shell chrysalis stage as we are transforming and no longer just being, but becoming who we are meant to be. And it's a very uncomfortable stage. And each stage of the chrysalis will last a different amount of time. It's not like 
only six weeks or eight weeks. It's different for each person because that's what life is. How long is this part of my life going to last? I don't know. I can't tell anybody, but I do know that I created this because I help them transform their life in the journey of finding their voice. And that is what's important to go from vulnerability to empowerment. And that I do in a matter of 12 weeks is not an overnight thing. No, but the crystal stage of that does last differently for each person I work with. It's not cut exactly. and dry because life is not cut and dry. Exactly. It takes time to do things and changes doesn't happen overnight. It takes Absolutely. 30 days to, and has been proven to about 28 to 30 days to change your own pattern. So, yes. you know, when people are excited and they want to make changes, they want it the instant gratification. That's not the case. So, you know, um, we have to be honest with our own self. And I like the fact that this inspired you actually when you found your voice back this inspired you to change the course where you were to move what i call it to the next level absolutely it it you know and i didn't even realize it i didn't even realize what was happening as it was happening i just knew when i found out there was a point where doctors didn't know if i would speak again when i, I was sent to a specialist i never thought that was it i just i knew i had a horrible horrible sore throat like I've never experienced and it was as I said it turned out it was a virus that was you know in my vocal attack my vocal cords so imagine your vocal cords being riddled with sores I mean it's like an open wound note to those watching or listening do not put honey on I kept thinking honey I love honey that would be like I kept thinking like that Bismol commercial like years ago it would coat it it would soothe it and I took this heaping spoon of honey thinking, oh, it feels so good. And I swallowed it and I was ready to shoot through the roof. It was like literally pouring salt into an open sore. It was insane because they were sores and they were open sores. And you, when you put sugar onto it, it was like lighting a match to your, well, to my, in my case, it was my throat. Yes. And I literally, the pain that I thought was excruciating before and I thought it was 10x of anything I had. Yeah. I just tripled that pain. Oh my, my God. My eyes welled up. My face turned red. I was just in her. I mean, I thought it was horrific before yeah. that happened. It was just intense beyond words. Yeah. It was intense. Uh, so don't ever do that because it's not a regular sore throat where you have tea and honey and chicken noodle soup. No, this was an actual open, many, many sores. I remember in the urgent care before I got to the ER, it started out as this one sore. And then I had to go back to the urgent care. And I said, how many are there? And she had told my best friend who was with me at the time, she goes, you got to get to the ER now. And that's where I ended up. Uh, And it was just um, something that was extreme pain. And I didn't understand how I got it, why I got it. What I found out when I, you know, finally they were telling me this, it had to be that my immune system was compromised because I was burning the candle of both ends. It was a Christmas season in retail. If anybody's been to a mall during the Christmas season in retail, you know, we're open early, we're open late. Well, I was working both kinds of shifts and I was also in management, which means you, you're not punching a clock. Nope. It's not eight to five or nine. Nope. I mean, it was, you come in and you leave when you're done and yep. you're almost really never done. Nope. So I would go home and if I was working an early shift, I would stay up late 
and work on schedules. I was always doing extra because I wanted to be on the sales floor with my people, coaching them and developing them and being there by their side and being with customers. And, you know, no one had a gun in my head to do any of these things. It was, I would kept, I was so driven that I almost drove myself six feet under. And there's a point of, you know, to be successful, you don't have to kill yourself. And I was really doing anything, you know, I was just, I remember telling my best friend, no, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to, I have to. I was like running, running, running. And then there was again, a, a power greater than me that said, I'm putting the kibosh on this one. Exactly. Your buddy and say enough is enough. The brakes, I was like to a screeching halt. Yeah. Have you ever heard tires screech on a yeah. road? Mine mm-hmm. came to a screeching halt. And it wasn't by my will, but the will of a greater, you know, when you say God, source, universe. Your spirit. Just say enough spirit. is enough. It just, you- it just went, I'm done. Because yeah. this girl's got something greater she's supposed to do and she can't achieve it. And not only this, there. but you had to stop because your body was being basically used and abused without oh. realizing it. And that's what people don't realize because I I've been in corporate. For, yeah, I have been in a corporate for many years and I have done the same thing you've done. It's like eight to five doesn't exist. Even you exempt or non-exempt, actually, because when you have to meet a deadline, you meet the deadline. Yes. No matter if you have to be up until two o'clock in the morning and the next day at seven, ready to go, doesn't matter. But the self-care become nothing next to it. And that's the problem. And for years, I have done that until I hit the wall, until my immune system, my body said, no more. We're shutting down. Then you want it or not, your brain said, no, 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 no. Let's Shop go. The body's good. like, no. We're done. The adrenals are depleted. Have a nice day, Ma. Deal with the consequences. Yeah, the shop was closed. Yes, yes. And I didn't know things. I didn't know when it was going to be open again. I didn't know because I was on an LOA at that time. To me, it was you know leave of absence. Now yep. LOA to me is law of attraction. <laughs> it has a different meaning as I've come through into a different way. It's it's not the same thing at all. And as I said, it was losing my voice to find my voice. And that is a metaphor for really finding me and what my purpose is in this world and who I'm really meant to serve. And mm-hmm. I post, I post quotes, my own quotes every day on social media. And today it was about leadership. And I said, you can't lead others until you first lead yourself. And it's really true. You have to have that growth mindset and not be so consumed with pleasing everybody else and being a people pleaser and an empath, it was difficult for me to come through to this other side and learn to really take care of myself first so I can take care of others. It's a selfless act. So you can be more, you know, be more present for others. You can't be there for anybody if you're not there for you. You have to be, you have to take care of yourself. You have to be mindful of your thoughts you have to be mindful of your actions and your behaviors. So and your you body. Can, yeah, and your body, everything. And your body, because we only have one body. And I think people realize that, oh, well, you know, we're expecting we're going to be switching from bodies. It's like, no, you have one body. And guess what? You need to nurture it. And we, as when we're younger, don't nurture it because like, eh, who cares? But our bodies make us pay this later on too. So we oh. have to be respectful and mindful of our body. We can go extreme on what we want to do. 
but we need to give the rest. We need to nurture it because we only have one. Absolutely true, Emma. And what I didn't take care of, I didn't take care of myself. I, as I said, was so like, oh, don't worry about me. Like I, you know, I, and it wasn't trying to be a martyr. That wasn't, it wasn't, it was like, I had things I needed to do. I was given responsibilities. And in that light, I was so focused with blinders that I, like I said, I have to do this. I have to do that. This is due. This is, due. you know, and, and I was like running this marathon that I was, ne- there was never a finish line for me. I was just going to go, 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 go. And then I was just, as I said, brought to a screeching halt where I didn't have a choice. I, you know, I said we have choices in life. At that point, I didn't have one. I didn't have one. And I'm glad I didn't have one because I needed to stop. And I wasn't listening to my best friend, God bless her. She's watching over me from heaven. And she used to yell at me with some pretty um, explicit language. Strong words. Very strong words. We'll say that. Yep. Very strong words. And I said, no, I have to do, like I said, I just kept, and I didn't listen to her. I didn't listen. And she wasn't telling me to, to stop and slow down because she needed me to do anything for her. She saw, like outside, you know, outsiders can see. She saw from an observer, you know, point of view. Yep. And what was happening in the road I was traveling. Yep. And she said, slow down. You know, really strong in a strong tone. Yep, yep. And, and uh, I, I, no, I was like, I'm like, she, she saw the freight train. You did not like most of us will not see the freight train coming because we're ignoring it. We don't want to see it because if we're seeing it, say, well, what am I supposed to do? Because I'm supposed to do this and this and I have to do this and this. And it's like, it's a choice. You have to learn to slow down. And if you don't, then your body is going to give you a very brutal wake up. It was brutal. Mm -hmm. And, And she was trying so desperately and I just didn't listen. I heard her, but I didn't listen to her. Yeah. I could hear people. I heard yeah. her words. I knew she loved me. I knew she cared about me. But I said, no, I can't because I have to do this and all these things. And how am I going to do that if I slow down? It can't get done. Well, how am I going to do it if I don't take care of me? And I'm not going to even be there because I'll be in six feet under. And nobody's going to be taken care of. As it turns out, that 25-year career is the one that released me. 2017, I was released. And I say released because it was a release for me. Mm-hmm. One that I didn't understand or realize because I was like, oh my gosh, how could they let me go? Everything I did for them, the blood, the sweat, the tears, literally, literally, yep. physically. You count to all nothing. Those, all those things. Well, we're all replaceable. Mm-hmm. you know in, in in a job but we're not replaceable in our life yeah and she was trying to save me from myself for myself and then I was released in 2017 in February I'm going to say the word transition my best friend transitioned in July of 2017 after I was released from that 25-year corporate job and she saw me already on the path to finding myself and finding my own voice. And she is now watching over me from heaven as a beautiful angel. She was always a bright light in my life. 
when she was here in the physical world. And now she's an even brighter one, if that was possible, in the spiritual world, because I know she's watching over me because I know she's here. I feel her. I hear her voice in another way now. And I'm grateful for that. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So 2017 arrived. So what happened when uh, you walked uh, away or got released uh, from corporate? So what was your step? What did you decide to do? Did you took a break and say, okay, I'm going to take some time off for myself? Or what did you do? I wish I could tell you I did that. I actually got depressed. So my big depressions were when I lost my voice and I was isolated and they didn't have a cure for me. That was, that was a really dark, dark time. And then it happened again because I had given so much to this company. And 25 years, I thought this, is what, this was my life, right? I made that my life. Yeah. I allowed it to define who I was right. rather than what I did. Yep. And I'm going to repeat that because I don't think a yep. lot of people out there want them to hear it. It was what I did, not who I was. And I allowed it to make it who I was. It's not the same thing. And our jobs are just that, they're jobs. The thing is, we're all CEOs of our own life and we have choices sometimes. Most of the time we have a choice. In my case, I was pulled out of life because I didn't, I didn't have a choice. I, I was told you can't be with the public. It's not like I could say, well, I'm going to go anyway. I was told you can no longer be in public with the public. So that wasn't a choice I had. I was not allowed out because I was so contagious. It wasn't just that I didn't have a voice. I had a virus going on in my body that was highly contagious where I was not allowed to be with the public. So that was that first time I got really down in a dark place. And then when I was released, I'm after 25 years, and I'm gonna say I wasn't happy prior to being released. I wasn't happy in the role I was in. But I also didn't know what I would do if I was, because I had done it for so long. Then again, I was released and didn't have that. Well, it's a choice that I'm leaving. No, they they <laughs> they cut the cord, right? You know, they cut the cord. And then I was like, what am I going to do now? Who's going to want me? I didn't even want me. I didn't even want to be around because I'm like, now what? And it took a long time for me to come back to me again because I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. I couldn't even say like, you know, anything. I I didn't know what I was going to do. And I had to find myself once again, because I found myself in a dark place again. And something I want to go back to, because people might be wondering, how did she get her voice back? We didn't really touch on that. When I was told I may never speak again, and I was in that dark place, it was quieting, being quiet, because I didn't have a choice. And then when I was sent to a specialist, and they found that it wasn't permanent damage, I was sent to a vocal coach. I'll never forget her name was Michelle. And she gave me exercises. And one of them was to look in the mirror. We're talking about this mirror work. I'm like, are you kidding? And to do vocal exercises with, it was tongue thrust. It was trying to strengthen what wasn't there. And I didn't have a voice to just start looking in the mirror and start doing exercise. It was very painful. It was like crawling from a dark hole up a rope when you see that light and you can't reach it. And you have to again and again and again, just different exercises. But once I found out that it wasn't going to be permanent, I was like Googling, what do you do to, to train, you know, to make them stronger? Everything under the sun to add on to the, the vocal code, the vocal exercises that she gave me. I kept doing everything I could to get that back. It's like a muscle. 
like when you don't, you know, when you don't use them, they, they atrophy. Well, your vocal cords are a muscle. And if you take a rubber and you just stretch it, it snaps. When you warm it up and then you slowly stretch it, you get more life out of it. And that's what your vocal cords are. It's like this rubber band and they reverberate off of each other to make a noise. And that's what I was able to strengthen all over again, that muscle. And so when I was released from that corporate America job, I had to train that muscle of life this time around because I had a voice. I just didn't know how to use it anymore because I had used it in this corporate role. And it was going within once again, almost going back to that chrysalis stage to say, now who am I? Now what's my role in life? And interestingly enough, I tried, I'm going to say the word tried, to go back to retail. Like I could do this with my eyes closed. I did it for 25 years. I'll just go to another, another marquee on the building, another, another name on a building. I could do whatever it is. It doesn't matter. I've done it. I got you know awards for being number one in the district, the region, the company, in the country, leading teams, leading you know company initiatives, running rallies for the store. I could do it. I could do any whatever role. It doesn't matter what the marquee says, whatever company name it is. I can do it. Well, I tried to. When I say I tried to, I actually applied there, and I went in. And I spoke to the people I was interviewing with, and they said, "Why do you want to work here?" Look at all the achievements you've accomplished in these other roles within your corporate job. I said, okay, well, why do you want to work here then? You've already accomplished all these things. Oh my God. They didn't hire me. I couldn't get a job in the thing I had done so well at because I had done so well and I had a management role and I was working my way up the corporate ladder. I'm like, oh no. I was like, you've got to be kidding this is what I thought I could go back to like that. Well, there's this big power above that I was telling you about that was probably looking down laughing. Are you out of your cotton picking head? Why do you think you were pulled out of it? Not once, but twice. The first time in 2013, when you had this illness, it wasn't so you can go back. It was to say, okay, maybe there's something more for me not to go back to that same behavior, but you did. But it's a reflex. Everybody will do that. Only a few will realize, oh my God, this is an opportunity. Not everybody when you're, you know, you're ending, uh, um, work is ending, regardless if, uh, like in your case, it was extreme because it had to involve uh, viruses and other things. But when something ends, then it's an opportunity to look back and, I know it's very difficult to say that because everybody goes in a panic mode and who doesn't go in a panic mode, Total but panic. it's uh, very interesting to see that we can one way or the other being able to just say, okay, I have an opportunity. What do I really want to do? And a lot of people don't ask that question. Well, the thing is, Emma, that's all I knew 25 years and probably over 30 years in the corporate role, maybe even 30, uh, probably 35, 25 with that one company, but that wasn't my first role. I mean, I was in you know, other companies. So I had been in corporate America. This was all I knew was corporate. I didn't know what entrepreneurship was about. I didn't know what running your own company would be like. I didn't think about it. That's what I, you know, it's like you go to 
school, you know, you go to college, you get a degree and you go into the corporate world. That's what I knew of. That's what my dad did. That's what I saw other people doing. I didn't know from anything else. And then I started going out to events that my friend, a really dear friend of mine, Tamara Hunter, she lived in San Diego area. I lived in Orange County and we had met at one event. And then we, she kept asking me to go to events because a lot of them were LA and she had to pass my way. She's, we're going to an event. I'm like, where are we going? She was, doesn't matter. It was like, you know, Thelma and Louise, you like get the, like the, the, the co-pilot, you know? And I, we were always traveling together. And so we went to all these events and I met more and more people. And that's what I was doing for a long time. And then I'm like, I found that these people were more of my people. They were the entrepreneurs. They were the ones that were more heart-centered. That wasn't where I came from in corporate America at all. And the more people I was around that were more like-hearted, I'm not going to say like-minded, like-hearted. It's like, this is kind of cool. These are my people. This is my tribe. And I was meeting more and more people. Then they would invite me to events. And I was like, oh my gosh, look at this. There's more events. And, this. and I was going and meeting and meeting. And I'm a connector, as you know, and I love meeting people. And I just really feel I'm also an empath. So I was finding more and more people that were like me and just finding, you know, like I'm also a sponge. I love to learn. I love to learn. And the more I realized I was learning, the more I was able to share with others because I don't want to just take the knowledge and hold it for myself because what good is that? I wanted to share it with others. So in this voice blueprint I created, that's part of the journey in helping serve and give back and give to others in a way that they need to find their own voice where they have lost it, whether it's in their corporate role or in their marriage, in a relationship or the relationship with themselves that they have lost their voice metaphorically. They didn't have to lose it physically like I did. I would wish that on the worst enemy if I had one. But where in their life have they lost their voice? Where they haven't been able to speak up because I didn't speak up in my corporate role. I could speak up for other people, yeah, but I never spoke up for me. I didn't want to you know, go against the status quo. God help if I said something that was not what you know the company wanted or the direction or anything that wasn't what people were accepting. I didn't go that route. I had to go with what I knew people were going to accept. And I always wanted to make sure they were happy with me. I didn't want to challenge the status quo at, at any cost because I wanted to be liked. Because to me, that was also a form of love and acceptance and value. I was looking for outside validation for inner self-worth. So I would work myself to the bone and do whatever it took to get that award or to get that number one. And my best friend would say, I don't need a piece of paper to tell me that I'm good enough. I know that. Exactly. You give away your powers, actually. So I that's how you, you're losing your voice. You're losing yes. who you truly are. It's by, yes. without realizing it, and a lot of people... Are, st- are doing it a validation even young girls uh, young teenage girls young girls young kids even boys who want a validation to want to be seen for, uh, from their parents uh, will look for validation which is quite sad in one way because as they go mm-hmm. into their ad- adulthood then this will play a lot in their lives and 
They need to learn, find your voice, take those pieces that is scattered in the world, bring them back to you to be whole again. Absolutely. People want to be seen, heard, and felt. And when you're not, and you want to, to have that love or that acceptance, you kind of retreat back into that crystal stage and that hard shell. And after you've got this beautiful smile, like everything is fine. And inside you're like this withering, dying flower. And like people don't know what goes behind, you know, on behind closed doors. Well, it's interesting as we do this interview in, in 2022, you know, people are still wearing this mask. What about the mask that you've been wearing all your life? What about the mask that's always been there that you haven't let go of? Because you're looking for that validation. You're looking for that love. I think that too. And I think people are afraid if they show their vulnerability or who they truly are, people are not going to like them at all. And that's so wrong. What happens if I show my true self? Mm -hmm. What happens if Emma doesn't like me? What happens if this person doesn't, that I'm not accepted? Well, you know what I'm going to say to those people? And those are not your people. Exactly. Then, then guess what? You get to make room for the people who are your people. Exactly. It's like house cleaning. It's like spring cleaning. You get rid of clothes you no longer wear. You empty your oh. wardrobe and you go shopping because you, you made room for new. You empty your drawers and you make room. You, you allow space and give yourself grace to let those people into your life, those that, that you are able to welcome in because you've made room, you've cleared the path for those to come in. And that's with love, to have that relationship. That's with success in your life. You've cleared the path to open it up for yourself. You've cleared that whole way to allow the right people and circumstances to enter your life for you to thrive in your life, in business and in romance and in every way. And I so agree with you on that. And you should have been yesterday on Clubhouse with us on the quilting club because that's exactly the topic I Ah. talked about yesterday because I was the moderator and I was to do the cleanup. You have to clean up your own life. You have to clean up your own backyard. You have to clean up your field of dreams. And and I think we went into a topic that was a little deeper than that because it was related to family as well. Because a lot of people will clean up everybody except the family. And I'm like, you know, your family is the same way. So if it's too toxic, clean it up, walk away. And you create your own family. It's not the one you're born, but the one you decide to create is the one you want to decide. It doesn't have to be blood related, but it is so... Yeah. It's so important, I think, for people to realize that, that, you know, not every, you're not going to get along with everybody, including in your family, because I have not, not known one person who doesn't have something with their family, somebody that they cannot, they always be in conflict. I'm like, maybe it's time to cut the ties. It's okay. So true. And, and what I'm going to say to that, and I actually spoke about this, I run a Facebook group, as you know. Uh, and it's literally, I've spoken about family, friends like family, family. And that is so important because your own blood relatives, you may be at odds with them. You're like, well, what am yes, I supposed yes. to do? How am I supposed to, you know, cut the, cut the ties with them? 
not telling people to cut the ties with your family, but don't spend as much time with them. Exactly. You know, yes, if it's a family reunion or you're getting together with family. And don't engage. And don't engage. Don't play in the sandbox. Exactly. If you hear something, it's like, okay, be the observer. Don't get in that sandbox. Don't play with them. Because if you don't respond, well, if you don't react, I'll say the weird react versus response. I've spoken about that in my group too. If you don't initiate you know, that reaction from what they're saying and you go, boom, it's like a knee jerk. If you don't do that knee jerk reaction, it gives you time to respond to what they said. And so, okay, I'm not going there. If you don't react to them, they can't respond back and they can't react to you. And you can't have that friction that you always they have. Get, they're going to try to poke at you. But if you don't respond, you become like the water, very calm. Then they're going to look like, okay, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with him? He's not responding. Not well, no, you don't have to respond. It's how you react. It's hard sometimes to keep it our is. jaw locked. It, yes. But yeah. um, I used to do that, actually, when my mom was trying to pick fight with me. I would not respond. I would ignore her. That turned her out. And after five minutes, she walked away even more furious. But I could care less. I'm like, I'm not responding to this because I don't care. I'm going to ignore you. Do the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not right. Because you could probably break a tooth clenching your jaw. Yes, like, that's what I do. Then go, go for a walk. <laughs> don't get in a car. Don't get in a car because that's dangerous. Yeah. But go for a walk. Go for a jog. Get out in nature. Just distance yourself from that person that is just grating on you. It is, I mean, it is not good. It is just not a good thing to do. You've got to walk away. Don't engage, as you said. Don't, don't be a part of that conversation. You've got to walk away. When you walk away, it's not being a coward. It's not being like, no. oh, you can't face it. No. See, You're not, that's, that's, what people, that's what people don't understand. I love what you touched this point. Thinking that, oh, you're too weak. You don't want to enter. I don't, I choose and I pick and choose my battles. Those are the kind of battles. This is a waste of energy in my book. Forget it. It's not worth it. All right. Pick mm-hmm. and choose your battles. And I learned it. I'm, I'm watching my parents tearing each other apart. I'm like, yeah, that isn't worth it. Do the same thing. And there is no sign of weaknesses or anything like that. I would rather have somebody by my side who pick and choose their battles and somebody that go and every single fight ever, it's like, oh my God, I'm tired to watch you doing it. You're wasting your time. It's, ex- it's exhausting. It's yes, exhausting yes. to engage in it. Yeah. It's exhausting to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And I go, what do you do? What do you say when this person says that? And they yeah. instigate you. Yeah. You walk away. They say, what's the matter? What, you know, they start, no. You know what? I don't care to engage in this. Yeah. That's it. Walk away. You are the bigger person. Not like you're not being weak and like, oh, you don't want to face this. You don't. No, I'm, after a while play, they're gonna get I don't bored. Play the sandbox. Exactly. After a while, if you don't respond anymore, they're gonna go and pick on somebody else's because they're gonna realize it doesn't work. So they're gonna go away. Once in a while, they will yep. peek again to poke at the bear to see if that works. But after a while, they will disengage, and that would be it. Right. They're, right. They're gonna realize I can no longer do this with her or him or whoever. Yeah. yeah. You, I, I used to be able to get to that person, but now because they're not gonna change, they're gonna try to find another prey. Exactly. Who's my next prey? Exactly. Who can I, I, I do this with next? Because I yeah. you know they're and the thing is because that's part of their journey. They have got this anger or bitterness in them that they just want to hurt. Hurt people, yes. hurt people. We hear this all the time. Yep. Empower people, empower people. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference. So I'm here to empower people, inspire people, and uplift them and encourage them along their journey in life. 
and I want to share this with the book. I here's a book that I, oh, I was ready to talk yeah. about that book actually. Now it's uh, that you you went ahead of me on this on my uh, dear Ronnie. Well, She's like Ronnie is like on a row. It's awesome. So, uh, on your story and where you are today, yeah. you decided to write a book. Yeah. So the can you share a little bit more about the book? Sure. Be my it'd be my pleasure. What I was talking was about to talk about right now with it is that in the book. I have what's called takeaway sections. And I pose questions to the reader. Here it is. Nice. Because I want, it becomes an evergreen journal. Nice. So, and, I, and I leave, not just, to, I leave literally like three to four line pages for you to write your answers in that journey of finding your voice because it's not about me mm-hmm. and what I've been through. That's the story. That's my story, yes. But how does what I went through affect you and your own journey of finding your voice? So I pose the questions after each chapter, based on what you just read, you will see the question. And then I give you the three to four pages because maybe you take up a quarter of it. Maybe you take up the whole thing, whatever. It doesn't matter because I want you to date them. So on August 2nd, at the time of this interview, 2022, how did you respond? Okay. So then... You can look at that. Then maybe it's three months later. Maybe it's a week later. Maybe it's a month later. Maybe it's six months later. How would you respond again? There's a gal I met on a Zoom. Again, I connect a lot. And I didn't even know her. She comes off of me. She goes, oh, my God, I have your book. I said, you just somebody recommended it to me. Mm -hmm. She said, I have so many books, Renee. Yours is on my nightstand next to my bed. And I do an exercise every single night and I cannot tell you how much it has helped me in finding my own voice I didn't know this girl from anybody never met her never saw her in my life the fact that she said she's got so many books but mine is the one she chose to leave it because I do one of those exercises each night because it's helping me Mm -hmm. it's a reflection yep of what she's been through what happened in Mm -hmm. her day or in or an interaction with somebody and she's just really utilizing it as that tool in which it was given for that purpose to go back to and see how did I respond on August 2nd, 2022? How would I respond on August 31st? Or how would I respond in a month? Because you know the exercises are there. And it's really something that you can put your voice to. And help you in the journey of finding your voice to unlock yes. your chains and unleash your greatness. The reason I titled this is finding is something that we're always doing. We're always evolving. You're always yes. finding it in a different way, but unlock your chains and unleash your greatness. It was the chains I was bound up in my own chains that kept me locked up mm-hmm. from my own voice. Yep. And I believe this is true with everybody out there. Absolutely. Stop ourselves from speaking our truth, whether you're gay or straight or tall or short or fat. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter. Uh -uh. What matters is the chains that you bind yourself on and you you wind yourself up in this story of not good enough, Mm -hmm. of people pleasing, of looking for that outside validation for the inner self. All of these things I did. So I know where you're standing. Our stories may not be exactly the same, but I know from where you come from. 
because I've been in those shoes and I understand that pain all too well, physically, emotionally, and mentally. And so, so now the question I have is because we're at the top of the hour and we have a few minutes, but I want to know how people can get a hold of you. I know I'm going to have it into the description of the episodes, but I want people to hear from your voice as well. One, where they, where they can get the book, because your book looks beautiful. And I know we can get it on Amazon and on a paper bag, copy, paper copies too. Real copies. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So there, well, there's also something that I recently did that I'd like to Please announce do. to the viewers. I just, two weeks ago, Wednesday, today we're recording, this is on uh, Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022. So Wednesday, July 20th, I released my audio version of Finding Your Voice, Unlock Your Chains and Unleash Your Greatness. That to me, was a blessing and it will always be a blessing because when you are told laying in an ER on a gurney that this might be permanent damage you may never speak again to be able to give voice my own voice to an audio book that I created and to be able to tell my story on the audio version is a blessing so I am very grateful for that so I will give you the links. So they are in the description. I am on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram, it's at Reich Renee. It's my last name and my first name. So R-E-I-S-C-H and then R-E-N-E. Facebook is my first name and last name. Your group, you said, sorry to interrupt you. My you group. said you have a group on Facebook. I do. I do. So you know what I'm going to do? Absolutely. So Emma, um, if they go to my link tree that's going to be the easiest because all of my links are there my facebook group there and my facebook group link is there yep the audio version of my book is there they can and actually the audio version is great because they don't have to download audible it's not on audible it's an audio platform where they don't have to download a link for audible nice. or, yep. yeah or they don't have to invest in anything like um go on a platform they just can they can just get it straight from the link. Nice. And there's also a free first chapter on there too. Oh my God. That's yeah, awesome. on it that I'm going to give to your readers. And also on my link tree, there's a free 10-step download to finding your voice. So I have some freebies on there for your audience. So, so on link tree? Yeah. Yeah. So the link tree will have them all. And I welcome them to do that, to connect with me. Um, on Instagram and Facebook and you know I'm on LinkedIn so all of those instead of saying where am I going to find her just go <laughs> just go to my link tree and you will see the the platforms and then you can join my Facebook group too get the audio version and the paperback is so worth it oh my gosh it's amazing and if they if anybody wants I'm going to put this out there an autograph copy then they're going to need to private message me on either um Okay. Facebook Messenger. Yep. And let them know that they saw me on this show or on um or on Instagram. And just again tell me that sure. then I can, you know, they'll have to message me the information. I'll I'll respond to them and we can see how they want that done. If in fact they want an autograph copy, we can work out the details of that. But otherwise, um, 
yeah, the book itself is on Amazon, but if they want a personalized message, they can still do that. They can get on Amazon. I could still, I have a way that I'm going to um, get them a personalized message. We can do that. That okay, is wonderful. So that, that. I absolutely love it. So every details then you talked about, because I will make sure we got the link tree linked, but also I will make sure I got the Facebook, Instagram, everywhere I can find you in LinkedIn. It will be into the description of the, this episode so people can connect with you. And yeah. also for the book, I will add something in regards of the book as well. Uh, and it is worth it. So, oh, yeah, I and am it's an evergreen tool. It's an evergreen tool for them. to use. Exactly. Oh, this, yeah. is, this is what I love what you did with the book. It is not only a book, but you do your homework. Yes. And, you, and you go back, like you said, you can go back six months afterwards and ask the same question and see what the result's going to be without even looking at what you wrote, wrote it first and compare and you will yes. see the changes. That's what it's amazing. Thank you, Emma. I'm going to say really quickly because people say people, we as human beings, we never give ourselves enough credit from how far we've come along this journey in life. We just are quick to say, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. But when you can actually look back and see how far you've truly come in your journey, from the first time you answer the question to the point you answer it again, you can really give yourself the credit of how far you've come. And I'm no, grateful to be able to share my voice in this way. So thank you so much for allowing me to share our voices together on your podcast. I'm so you grateful. you are welcome, Renee. Uh, last question for you: Are you going to write a follow-up book? I yes, absolutely, absolutely Good. yes. Good. So we'll we'll keep in touch with you and you will be back on my podcast uh, probably before your end to see how you're doing, where you are. And you I might mean, have already, you might already have started that second book. Who knows? So and I would but, love people to connect with me if they're ready to go on that journey of finding their voice to be part of the blueprint that I created. Yes. Message me. Let me know you are ready and we will connect and see what that looks like to work together because I created that voice blueprint for those people out there who are really needing to go on that journey and wanting to share that journey because I walk you through, it's not a DIY. I feel if we could have done it ourselves in life, we would have, I'm here for you along this journey. And that's why I created the voice blueprint. So join me along that journey and I would be happy to partner with you as well. So thank you so much. No, thank you so much, Renee. Have a beautiful and a blessed rest of the day and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Universe Podcast.